26 regular meeting of the Memphis City Council will now come to order. Clerk Hurtabies, please call the roll. Council Bears. Present. Vice President Carabiello. Present. Council Knight. Present. Council Marks. Present. Council Morell. Council Scarpelli. Present. President Falco. Present. All seven members are present. At this time, I'd ask everyone to please rise to salute the flag. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Justice for all. If I may, I just have to read the uh, quick statement. Thank you, Vice President. Caviello. Pursuant to Governor Baker's March 12, 2020 order suspending certain provisions of the Open Meeting Law, General Law Chapter 38, Section 18, and, Governor, and the Governor's March 15, 2020 order imposing strict limitation on the number of people that may gather in one place, this meeting of the Memphis City Council will be conducted via remote participation to the greatest extent possible. Specific information in the general guidelines for remote participation by members of the public and or parties with a right or requirement to attend this meeting can be found on the City Method website at www.methodma.org. For this meeting, members of the public who wish to listen or watch the meeting may do so by accessing the meeting link contained herein. No in-person attendance of members of the public will be permitted, but every effort will be made possible to ensure that the public can adequately access the proceedings in real time via technological means. In the event that we are unable to do so, despite best efforts, we will post on the City of Method or Method Community Media website an audio or video recording transcript or other comprehensive record of proceedings as soon as possible after the meeting. Uh, participate, to participate remotely outside of Zoom, <coughs> please email aherdebees, that's A-H-U-R-T-U-B-I-S-E at Medford dash ma dot gov. Vice President Caviello. Mr. President, motion to, for a suspension of the rules to take paper 20517 off the table. On the motion of Vice President Caviello to suspend the rules to take 20517 from the table. Second. Seconded by Council Bears. Clark Hurtabies, please call the roll. Council Bears. Yes. Vice President Carabiello. Yes. Council Knight. Yes. Council Knight. Yes. Council Marks. Yes. Council Morrell. Yes. Council Scarpelli. Yes. President Falco. Yes. Seven the affirmative, zero in the negative. The motion passes. Uh, one minute, please. I just have to get two zero five one seven. To the Honorable President and members of the Memphis City Council, City Hall, Memphis, Massachusetts, 02155, Dear Mr. President and City Councilors, I respectfully request and recommend that your Honorable Body reprogram surplus proceeds in the amount of $112,692.73 from the Memphis High School HVAC Boiler Replacement Project to Memphis High School Improvements Projects in accordance with Mass General Law Chapter 44, Section, section 20 
Finance Director Alicia Donnelly Benjamin is present to answer any of the Council's questions regarding this matter. Sincerely, Brianna Lungo Kern, Mayor. Uh, let's see, we had uh, let's see, I believe Councillor Knight wanted to speak on that. Uh, I do believe Councillor Caviello was the moving party taken off the table, Mr. President. My apologies, Vice President Caviello. Yes, Mr. President, if we could take that off the table. That, that paper has been taken from the table. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, 20516 also. Second. Do, we, do you want to vote on this one first? Yes. Okay, so are you making a motion to approve? Yes. Okay. Mr. On the motion to approve, 20-517. Second. 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 Mr. President, Mr. President John McLaughlin available, Mr. President? Okay, on the motion of Councillor Vice... Is John McLaughlin available, the Facilities Director for uh, the school? Let's see, is John McLaughlin on the phone? Or actually, is he on the meeting? If he's not on the meeting, we can wait till later on in the meeting. Yeah, we have our superintendent of schools is with us as well. So oh, well, she's John's boss, so she should probably be. Do you want to, you want to, you have a question for the superintendent? Uh, I do. I'd just like her to give us a breakdown as to where okay, the funds are going to be uh, expended. That was the reason why we tabled yeah. it last week. Thank you. So let's see. Um, on the motion of Vice President uh, Caviello, seconded by Councilor Beers, and we have the uh, superintendent of schools with us. Uh, let's see. Dr. Marisa with Vincent. Hey, Dr. Vincent. Dr. Vincent, hi. Good evening, everyone. Um, I'm very pleased to be here this evening to respond to any and all questions regarding the funding uh, for the work that needs to be done at the high school. Um, so I, uh, I believe John, John McLaughlin um, should be on the call as well, and other members of my team, Dave Murphy, Dr. Peter Cushing, and possibly um, Suzanne Galusi as well. So we are prepared to um, respond to any questions that you may have regarding the, um, the, the proposals for how we would um, recommend spending this money to advance um, work that needs to be done in all of the buildings for a safe opening of schools. Excellent. Thank you, thank, you, thank, you, oh, thank you, Dr. Vincent. I appreciate you being here. Um, now, these funds, this 800 and some odd thousand dollars, um, these funds are for capital improvements, correct? They're not for any personnel. They can't bring reading specialists back into the classroom or anything like that, right? These are just for capital expenses? Yes, absolutely not for personnel. These, these, uh, the request for these funds are to improve our infrastructure, in particular around the areas of air exchange, air quality um, to get our buildings up to, uh, you know, air balancing, all of those things that uh, are currently working to try to fix to make sure that our buildings are up and running and safe for a smooth reopening of schools. Right, but so the council's uh, tabling of this item did not prevent the school department from bringing any teachers or any classroom teachers back, is that correct? That is correct. Excellent. Thank you. Because, um, you know, sometimes there's a lot of misinformation that, that travels around the community, and that was something that was going around. So I just wanted to be sure, Dr. Vincent, that we were all clear um, that the funds here that were tabled by the council at the last meeting were for capital funds only. But the council did last meeting, I believe, increase the school department's budget by $1.08 million that would allow for those positions to be restored. Is that correct? That is correct. Excellent. 
And um, after last week's meeting, I did have the opportunity to uh, pick up the phone and make a telephone call to John McLaughlin. And I spoke with John at length, and um, he explained to me the situation at the high school, especially um, relative to the uh, heating, ventilation, and air conditioning system. Um, he also explained to me that there were some uh, air quality tests that were conducted that came back, and uh, for the most part, um, all of our schools came back with very good reviews with the exception of one, and I think we all know what school that is, Medford High School. Um, so with that being said, Dr. Vincent, could you tell us a little bit about the scope of work um, that you're looking to spend this 800 and some odd thousand dollars on, please? Yes, so there's a significant scope of work that does need to be done, in particular if we focus on the high school, which is the oldest uh, building in the district um, outside of the Curtis Tufts. Um, but the high school being 50 years old um, has, uh, you know, older bones, more aches and pains, if I can say that. And so there are areas that definitely need immediate attention um, in the HVAC area. And so we're currently, um, WB Engineering is currently conducting, um, completed their first report on the building of the high school and what they would uh, make recommendations for in the area of HVAC. Uh, we also have UEC Universal um, Environmentalists coming in who are also looking at air quality and uh, air balancing, and we also have Precision, another engineering group that is continuing to look at how our HVAC systems function and work for the district. So with all of the different um, engineering companies that have been coming in, the cost is truly um, significant. Um, for example, at the high school on the roof, to repair the fans that are on the roof, which are part of the exhaust system, HVAC system, we have approximately $150,000 worth of work um, on the roof alone addressing um, fans and making sure that they are all um, properly functioning at their maximum speed and um, able to deliver and support intake and outtake in the building. Uh, in addition, uh, from WB Engineering's initial report on the high school, um, based on the mitigation strategies that they recommended, we're talking about prices that would exceed um, 200000 um, at the high school complex alone. And the other off-campus buildings are still being assessed as we speak. And so we are waiting for um, those reports to finish being completed. Um, some of that money also, because again, this building is 50 years old, prior to the official ADA changes that newer buildings had to have to be properly handicapped accessible, we wanted to set aside approximately 50 to $100,000 to support um, making the entrance to the high school ADA compliant. There is a ramp there that vehicles go up and down, but um, for people in wheelchairs, et cetera, it is not uh, fully compliant. And so those are some of the things that we want to be able to use these monies for. And as the other buildings are continued, uh, are presently still being assessed, we anticipate that there will continue to be, um, you know, significant uh, require significant requirements from the district to be able to mitigate all of these HVAC challenges that could present themselves 
in order for us to be able to um, get schools up and running um, as quickly as possible. I also want to say to the entire body that we, as the work is being done, we are prepared and fully um, wanting to come back and share with both you and the school committee um, the progress of the work that's being done, the status of the work, and where we are in terms of um, using this funding to um, remedy the HVAC challenges that have presented themselves. And um, in terms of total cost uh, for us to bring our HVAC system at Medford High School into compliance and, I guess, efficient and effective working order. Um, is this $816 enough money to do that, or um, will there be a request for a supplemental appropriation at a later date uh, going forward? So at this point in time, we are optimistic that this will allow us to um, address the high school. Um, we, we don't know, again, um, you know, we can't, I cannot definitively say that I will not need to come and ask your body for additional funding. Our hope is that the 816,000 will allow us to be able to address all of the key challenges um, with HVAC systems, in particular at the high school, that we would be able to remedy um, all of the things that were recommended in the reports. Okay. And is it? Um still the wishes of the committee to have this account be exclusive to Medford High School only and uh, um, to the other schools? No, we, would, we would hope that this could be for the high school and if needed for, for um, we know the, the, the outside schools are much younger, they're 20 years younger, however, um, we may, may need to spend, um, you know, purchasing additional HEPA filters and um, we would hope to be able to use this funding not only at the high school, but potentially at some of the outside schools as well. That would be our hope um, if, if other things were to surface. But we know we're fully aware that the high school needs um, significant, uh, significant work and that the lion's share of that funding definitely would be spent at the high school complex. The reason I raised the question is because the way that the paper was drafted was that it would be reprogramming uh, the funds to uh, uh, an account exclusive to Medford High School. Um, and I know maybe Alicia's on the call, maybe Alicia can elaborate a little bit on that. Um, but I do believe that um, when it was presented that those funds were restricted exclusively to Medford High School and were not going to be allowed to be used in other schools in the district. If I'm mistaken, please correct me. Um, but maybe um, Ms. Nunley can help us out with that. I also have Mr. Murphy, uh, David Murphy, on the line, uh, or I, he's on the call as well, and he may be able to weigh in on that. Again, as the numbers are coming in, um, we know for certain the roof fans um, at the high school, it's going to be a significant investment. And if the funds need to be spent exclusively at the high school, that there, there is so much work, capital projects, including. Uh, additional bathrooms and those kinds of things that need to be renovated and updated that um, I'm sure that we would be able to use all of this funding in short order. Okay. So it's the committee's, the, the, the school department's wishes to keep the paper 
as is and not amend it and allow it for just MHS only because it's only 800000 and you know you can spend that all up at the high school, no problem. If it is possible to allow, if, if there is something that were to come up at one of the other schools and we had to uh, take a very limited amount from this 800000 to support the other buildings, if that was a possibility, I would ask, you know, this body to allow us the additional flexibility to be able to use it um, throughout all of the schools. But if that would be um, problematic, then I would just say um, leave it for the high school because we know that there is um, plenty of work that can be, be done. It's certainly not a problem for me. Um, the paper came from the administration, so maybe Alicia Nunley, uh, my finance director, can talk a little bit about that. Well, we have the, uh, if I may, the uh, Chief of Staff, Dave Rodriguez, has his hand raised. So okay. at this point, I'd recognize uh, Chief of Staff Rodriguez. Thank you, Mr. President. Alicia is unable to join the call tonight, uh, so like, I'm happy to answer on her behalf. Uh, the reason the paper was drafted in, in this manner was that it just mirrored the original use of the of the, of the funds it just transferred because it was a high school project it was just transferred directly over to to high school use um, the administration and the mayor completely in support of removing the high school aspect of it and have it be applicable to the rest of the public school system and the rest of the buildings there um, my understanding after speaking with alicia is that this is completely improper and that it's completely in line with what the administration would be looking to do with, with these funding so we'd have to amend the paper. To remove, yeah, we just have to remove the word high. Yeah. Yeah. Mr. President, I would offer that in the form of a motion to amend the paper to reflect that these funds can be used across the school district, not just exclusive to Medford High School. Second. On the motion of Councilor Knight to amend the paper. Uh, seconded by Councilor Scarpelli. Clerk Hardebees, do you have the wording on that? On the amendment? Hang on a second. So Council Knight's amendment is to is to use the fund is to allow the schools to use the funds across the school district, not just at the high school. That is correct. Correct. Council Knight, do you have any further questions? Uh, that's it for me, sir. Thank Th you. Thank you, Council Knight. Council Marks. Uh, thank you, Mr. President, and I uh, thank uh, the superintendent for being on the call tonight and uh, the administrative staff. Uh, the email we received today uh, talks about WB engineering report and that uh, the amount uh, to uh, look at ventilation, air quality, air exchange would significantly exceed $200,000. Um, I was just wondering. Um, Regarding the two hundred thousand, is that particularly to the high school, or is that uh, in general across the board? Yes, this first report that was released by WB Engineering was exclusively to high school, um, and so uh, that two hundred to exceed the two hundred thousand dollars was just for some of the mitigation um, work that needs to be done exclusively at the high school. Um, we have not received. Uh, all of the remaining engineering reports for the remaining outside schools because the high school being the largest uh, building takes the most time. Okay, so um, Madam Superintendent, you mentioned uh, the roof fans. 
um, at Memphis High School, uh, I guess roughly 100 roof ins at uh, an estimated cost of 125,000. Is that part of this 200,000 that's listed as a WB engineering report? So the $150,000 was in addition. I believe that, that the amount of the 150,000 was for the repairing of the roof fans. And then there are other mitigation strategies which could potentially include HEPA filters and those kinds of things. Um, it would not, it's likely to not exceed 200,000. And I, again, uh, significantly exceed that. But I, again, I do have David Murphy on the call and um, John McLaughlin, so I don't know if Clerk Hortabees could um, unmute them so uh, they could weigh in as well. Okay, I, I'm about to unmute uh, John McLaughlin. Okay, John, you have, John, you've been unmuted, and uh, David Murphy has been unmuted as well. David Murphy. I'm sorry, David Murphy, I apologize. Mike, uh, Council Marks, did you have a specific question for uh, John McLaughlin? Well, my, my question is regarding uh, the 200000 that was mentioned within the email we got today, and also uh, a previous email we received from uh, the mayor. It mentioned that each classroom needed these uh, filters uh, at $1,500 apiece, but it didn't mention how many classrooms and if it was just the high school or if it was classrooms across the entire city. I think I can respond to that, and I would ask Mr. McLaughlin to, to jump in. Um, for those of you who don't know, uh, I'm the Assistant Superintendent for Finance and Operations. I began work with the Medford Public Schools approximately three weeks ago, and so uh, I've been clinging to John to try to uh, get my own institutional knowledge up to speed. But um, I, I, th I think for this particular question, I can answer, and I'd ask John to fill in the details. So where we are right now is we have the initial assessment from WB Engineering of Medford High School. Uh, there is a tremendous amount of information in that report. We were on, we, we've been working with WB and have additional meetings scheduled with them in the coming days to make a determination as to which of the mitigation strategies that they've identified in that report should be utilized. It looks to us like a sort of a, a, an estimate or a middle of the road approach to the work that they are, uh, they have acknowledged could be useful is somewhere in the vicinity of $200,000. That's where that estimate came from. The rough estimate of the $150,000 is specific to the work that is estimated needs to be done on the roof of, Met of Medford High School. So you'll see in that memo uh, that you received that we're looking at over $400,000 of potential work that has thus far been identified, but the $200,000 number of the potential assess, uh, mitigation strategies at Medford High School, a comparable report has not yet been done at the other schools. The reason for that is we are currently uh, testing both for air quality and air exchange at all of the other schools. The $50,000 for that expense is also, would also potentially be um, absorbed by, by this appropriation, uh, which is why it's important for us, frankly, that it be a district-wide a district use. And then once we have the data from that testing, we'll be in a better position to, to, to determine whether or not we should commission a similar assessment at the other schools the way we have for Medford High School. And it says in the memo that there's, there is a, a uh, we understand there's an unusual sequence to having already 
received recommendations with regard to mitigation strategies at the high school, while the testing across the district, both at the high school and other schools, is ongoing. And the reason for that is the high school is a unique entity, both with regard to its size, its, its age, and the complexity of its systems. And so we pushed forward with that study right away, and we solicited proposals. We have already three proposals to do similar work at the other schools, but we're going to hold off on actually commissioning that and making that investment until we actually have the data back from the testing that's currently being done. Uh, so through you, Mr. President, when was the WB engineering study commissioned by the school department and voted on by the school committee? I'd have to, I'd have to defer on the, on, on the vote of the school committee question, but um, it was commissioned, I believe, in the week of August 17th. August 17th. Potentially August 25th. It was, right, it was in that range. Okay. Is there a particular reason why the school district waited so long to commission uh, an air quality study? Well, I, I think the, the, the point that is, is I, I think we should, should sort of preface all of this commentary with is that we actually have no evidence right now that there is anything wrong with the air quality. Frankly, I understand there's, there's a history and there have been some uh, persistent questions, but if we're defining it wrong by being um, dangerous in any way, no, there's been no evidence um, in that, to that respect. So we're attempting now to complete our due diligence and to provide as, um, as much peace of mind as possible and to make sure that we provide as much defense against any type of virus transmission. Um, but I think there's, a, there's been a question of, of when to make this investment when there isn't sort of hard evidence that there's an actual problem to identify. Right. And, and when did we find out there's hard evidence now that says the quality of air is fine? Uh, to be candid, I, I don't have any evidence of, of that, that that is the case. I think it's an uh, attempt to, given the context and right. uh, the, the anxiety that folks are feeling, trying to be as, um, as responsive as possible to some of the concerns that have been raised. Right. right. So, so I'm just wondering why, for the past six months, uh, the school administration, uh, knowing that uh, eventually uh, we're going to have faculty, students, staff back within our public schools, uh, over the last six months didn't realize that uh, a first step would have been to do uh, an air quality uh, test within the schools. And I'm not sure why uh, it took so long to do that. Uh, but putting, putting that aside, uh, Mr. President, um, this, this was tabled uh, two weeks ago. Um, and one of the uh, motions made by the council was to ask the uh, administration and the school committee for a list of uh, their priorities, because at the time we heard of a number of priorities, uh, one being ventilation, air quality, air exchange, uh, in order to provide a healthy and safe building. Uh, but we also heard about uh, handicap uh, ramps accessibility. We also heard about the condition of our restrooms within the school department and uh, a number of other concerns as well, Mr. President. We just recently received an email from the mayor stating that uh, if we could release the funds, they're also uh, looking to use some of the funds for uh, beautification purposes in the uh, main entrance, which uh, you know I, I know firsthand that that is something that's needed, Mr. President. I was part of the crew that painted that several months back under the leadership of Bill Carr Jr. and a number of volunteers, so I, I know that's needed. But I, I believe, and I can't speak for my colleagues, why uh, we asked for a priority list was to make sure that 
we had uh, a reasonable assessment, Mr. President, on what are we going to do to get our children and our teachers and our faculty and our staff back into a safe building. And to me, beautification of a front entrance is probably at the bottom of a list. And air quality and air exchange and ventilation and other priorities, Mr. President, would be at the top of the list. And that's what I was hoping to receive from the administration and the school committee. And to be quite frank, I am very disappointed that we didn't even get a response, Mr. President, from the council uh, motion that was two weeks ago. That was from uh, August 25th. Uh, unless I'm mistaken, I have yet to receive anything, Mr. President. Um, that's not to say that I realize that uh, work needs to be done in that building. Um, but um, it would be helpful, Mr. President, if we're going to work in cooperation with the school side, that if we have requests that they uh, recognize and uh, honor our request, Mr. President, as well. Um, I have no problem uh, allotting money, Mr. President, but I'd like to know what it's going to go towards. Now, if we uh, free up $800,000 tonight to go into this fund, there's no saying that uh, they won't end up doing beautification over ventilation. Uh, I would hope that's not the case, Mr. President. Um, and, and clearly, if there are 100 fans that are currently not working on the roof, um, you can almost bet your bottom dollar the air quality and circulation in that building is not good, Mr. President. So this is not rocket science. Uh, if they're already coming out saying they have to ex uh, get, change out all the filters, uh, the uh, fans on the roof aren't working, over 100 fans. That's what circulates air within a building. That's what provides uh, a proper air quality and air exchange and ventilation. Um, so th those are the concerns I have, Mr. President. And maybe uh, if the superintendent or someone else from the administration can assure us that if we do release money tonight, that the priority is to get people back into the building and to make sure that the air quality and the safety of our students and our teachers and our staff and our faculty is the number one priority, Mr. President. And then we can look at other needs. My other point, Mr. President, is two weeks ago, Alicia Nunley uh, represented to us when we took the vote that there was other money available. I believe I asked the question because it was uh, led to believe that if we didn't vote two weeks ago that we were stalling students from getting back into the building. And I asked Alicia Nunley that question, and she said there are CARES Act money available and there's COVID-19 funds that are available to, uh, uh, to work with uh, the air quality and safety concerns. So that's why I voted the way I did, Mr. President, knowing that there's other additional funds out there and that the fact that I want to make sure as one member that if we're going to allot money, that it go into the safety of our faculty, students, and kids, Mr. President. And I'm sure the school committee and the administration share the concerns, but if we're going to be responsible for allocating this money, like every other paper, Mr. President, you know, it'd be nice to have a paper in front of us. And I received an email today that I was just happened to be able to take a look at um, just briefly, but I still haven't seen anything that prioritizes work. And I realize uh, the testing is still underway and current, um, but uh, that's why I felt that if this happened two, three, four months ago, 
Don't forget the money that was in this account from the science labs, the 700,000, that's been sitting in the account for five years, Mr. President. Think about it. We could have moved that money in for restrooms in the high school for the past five years, for working water bubblers. You name it, Mr. President, what's needed in that high school. So this is money that could have been used over the past five years. Um, so th those are the concerns I have, Mr. President. If the superintendent can uh, assure me tonight that this money will be prioritized for the reopening and the ventilation and air quality and air exchange and safety concerns over aesthetics and beautification at this particular stage, I will give it a vote tonight. If not, Mr. President, I will not move forward. Thank you. Thank you, Council Marks. Yes, I can assure Council Marks and the entire Council that our intention is to get the buildings up and running as quickly as possible so that we can have students return. That is our highest priority. Um, the concerns about the ADA, which I did mention, accessibility at the front of the high school, that is something that has always been um, a concern. And so in fixing the ADA ramps at the front of the high school, the main entrance, um, at the same time that that's being fixed, in essence, you would be able to fix uh, the school aesthetically um, by making it more handicap accessible and doing the work that needs to be done there. But um, again, our priority is to be able to get the school up and running, having proper uh, meeting the HVAC standards and proper air ventilation in the entire complex. Um, we want students to be safe. We want our staff to be safe. Everyone coming to work into the building to be safe. So that is our highest priority. And I can assure you, <coughs> the entire council, that that's what we can focus on. Again, we are also willing um, to come before you as we continue to get additional reports and as work is being done to come and update the council on the status of the work and how much of um, the money has been spent as well as we continue to do the same for the school committee. Um, but I do want to stress that um, this funding will be a tremendous help to the schools and allow us to be able to open and get kids back in the schools as quickly as possible. Thank you, Superintendent Edward Vincent. Uh, thank you, Councilor Marks. Um, we have up next uh, Vice President Carviello and then Councilor Morrell. Vice President. Thank you, Mr. Thank you, Mr. President. Mr. President, um, over eight years ago, I brought up the uh, heating and ventilation of all the uh, schools with the exception of the high school. And so, again, this is not a new problem. This, this has been going on long before the COVID came in. Um, what is the plan to address those schools that have been uh, for all those units that have, have, haven't been operating in there for many years, Madam Superintendent. So we did several, um, last year, for example, we did a lot of work on some of the outside buildings. I know the Columbus, uh, we had a lot of units that were updated and um, if something wasn't working, there were a lot of repairs that were made to the outside schools. Um, and so we are committed to having all buildings fully functioning, um, the outside buildings with their air conditioning and their heating to be working. So um, we are committed to doing that and that work has been ongoing. Now what, what, about, what about the air quality in those buildings, Madam Superintendent? 
So the air quality in all of the outside buildings, they are currently um, still being assessed right now. Again, as I had said earlier, the high school being the largest um, complex, essentially the other schools can all fit into the high complex, that um, this building took the longest amount of time. And the engineers um, from the different engineering companies, they are out in the field right now um, doing the assessments on the outside buildings as well. So that is ongoing work. Uh, Madam Superintendent, how are we addressing uh, the air quality issues uh, in the high school with, the, with the, the classrooms that are on the inside of the corridor with no windows? So exactly, that is a great question. Um, so we are fully aware of the classrooms that do not have any windows at all. Um, the inner classrooms uh, in B building and C building, B building on the second floor. And so there are some classrooms that we are looking to take offline. And there are other classrooms where what would be appropriate would be to put in the um, HEPA filters in other classrooms. Can you give me like five minutes? To put in air, air, air quality in the, um, the HEPA filters in the other buildings to be able to, those rooms, to be able to increase the air quality in that space. Will we be utilizing some of the, uh, the, the theaters in that building, um, you know, the, study, the study halls? Um, for the study halls, um, if they met the standard, um, the air quality standard, once all of the spaces are, um, you know, meet the correct standard, every space will be able to be used. If there's an area that it can't be used, we were given um, suggestions to mitigate that. So um, whether it's, you know, looking at the windows or adding HEPA filters, um, but to increase the air ventilation and air circulation. Once we um, uh, establish a list and, and do the repairs to all these uh, to the high school, that we, um, is there talk about bringing on uh, a contract, a, a company on retainer to monitor these uh, on a regular basis, not just do it and walk away, but have a company that'll come in there, uh, have somebody on retainer to constantly monitor these uh, uh, these classrooms because. Uh, I'm sure those filters are going to, going to need to be replaced uh, on a constant basis. So is, is, that, is that something in the plans? It is. Uh, we, we, one of the suggestions that we already have in plans is to increase, normally filters were changed twice a year and we're going to increase that and double the filters being changed. So there are steps that we have already begun to put in place that we're going to use moving forward to help all of the schools and to just keep uh, a high level of air quality um, for everyone, all staff working and students in the Medford Public Schools. And as far as um, you know, the bathrooms that, we, that we've been talking about for many years, what's, uh, what's going to be happening with those? So we would definitely like to upgrade and um, uh, renovate the bathrooms and that's still on our list to get that work done. But for right now, we really are prioritizing HVAC systems, the air quality, et cetera, testing. So that, that's our biggest priority first, and then we will definitely be tackling the bathrooms as well. And I will echo my fellow counselor's remarks is, um, I'd like to see a list, a detailed list 
of, of what's going to be what's going on versus uh, just you know talking about it. So uh, if if we can get that uh, to us uh, as soon as possible, that would be uh, greatly appreciated. Even though we asked for it uh, a couple of weeks ago. So the the reports that were shared today were some of just the preliminary reports that we have. We don't have. Um, other reports as of yet because the testing is still ongoing but as soon as we have additional reports to share we will gladly share that with the entire council and one last question mm -hmm. uh, which is kind of a what would what would the school department have done if, if we didn't find this eight hundred thousand dollars where would this funding come from um. I mean, it's kind that of would have been a, it would have been a tremendous challenge, and we would we would have needed to ask for additional support. All right, uh, thank you. Thank you, Vice President Carbiello. Councilor Morrell. Thank you, Mr. President. Uh, I want to thank members of the school administration for being here tonight. Um, I understand the acute and immediate need of the schools in this time as far as preparing for the safest possible environment, and I also understand um, just the need to be agile and responsive in these times, especially when metrics and goalposts keep shifting. Um, so I thank you for your work on this, and I do hope we can move this paper forward tonight. Uh, my question is, uh, Councillor Marks touched on this a bit about the HEPA filters, the $1,500 HEPA filters that are mentioned. Um, and I apologize if I missed this, but is there a ballpark park number of the number of these we might need? So as, as we are, um, as we're waiting on the additional reports from the uh, outside schools as well, I don't have a specific number, but I, I would like to defer to um, Assistant Superintendent David Murphy as well. I think he got muted. I would like to defer to him. He may have more of the specifics in terms of the um, total number of filters needed at the high school. Thank you. David. Thank you, Superintendent. Uh, with regard to the high school, again, we are still reviewing that information because there was a, there were a variety of uh, recommendations that were contained in, in WB's initial report. Um, we've been using a number that exceeds 100. It's either 116 or 119 based on our very, uh, very preliminary review of that report. But I would just caution against um, uh, sort of or, or attaching ourselves too much to those, that specific number because some, a lot of this testing is going on. And as I said before, there is sort of an unusual sequence to this in that we're in a two-week window of testing and uh, we're getting that data and hope to have all of it uh, somewhere between September 12th and September 18th. Um, but because we know the unique challenges at the high school, um, that's why we, we commissioned this initial report. So. We're using a number in the vicinity of 110 to 120, but that is without having fully digested or analyzed the findings of WB or having access to um, the array of tests that our environmental engineering consultants are, are currently completing. So um, the number, as, as uh, stated in the memo, um, it's, it's significant, and that's why we're, we're using a, a sort of a placeholder number of $200,000 with regard to infrastructure that in, internal to Medford High School. Um, but I, I can't say that after we've had a chance to truly analyze both the report and the data, 
um, I can't say that we may not, um, we may modify that position. Uh, John, I don't know if you want to um, add anything to that. Well, yeah, and we're going to meet again Thursday with the, uh, uh, with the um, engineer, and we're going to um, probably try to get some hard numbers of where we need uh, additional support. So that's sort of where we stand right now. Yeah, I mean, the, the big thing for us is we want to make the decisions as to um, how to use based on as much data as possible, understanding that we're obviously um, very much up against the clock. Um, but based on our current implementation plan with regard to when students will be in the building, um, we have these coming weeks to try to um, utilize whatever mitigation strategies we think are necessary to, to have as, as much defense as possible. Okay, thank you. And then just one more question through the chair, if I could. Um, is, does the assessment point to that these HEPA filters would then um, meet the needs, or is there a chance we're going to put these HEPA filters in and it's tested again and we find that we have to go, you know, even farther as far as the HVAC and, and things like that? Yeah, I, I would just say I think that's an excellent question and exactly the questions that we're currently posing to the, to the engineers that we're meeting with to make a determination as to, um, I think, both exactly what is the impact now and what is the impact long term because right now there's sort of a heightened standard uh, that industry experts are uh, advising uh, districts and other employers frankly to uh, potentially utilize and I think there's a question as to um, once we spend the $200,000 theoretically potentially on the HEPA filters and deploy them across the building uh, what exactly is the return of investment um, going forward and, and obviously we want the best air quality and best air exchange rates uh, possible um, and at the same time, as I said, to date, we have no evidence that there's an actual problem um, with the building, but uh, we're also operating in a context in which, again, people have very understandably anxiety and related. Okay, thank you. So really what I'm hearing is essentially it's just the, the nature of the beast because of the way these standards are coming down and just looking into the building this way, things are changing, and, and sometimes it can be hard to nail down exact amounts because of that, but the intention is there as laid out um, in these papers and in the email we got, correct? I, I think that's correct. And to the superintendent's point that she made earlier, we certainly recognize our, our responsibility to report back, obviously, to the Medford School Committee and also um, to the Medford uh, City Council as to exactly what strategies are being employed, what impact we foresee those strategies having, and uh, what is the return on investment for the community, um, as whether it be installing HEPA filters, repairing fans on the roof, or whatever, whatever other expenses are identified as necessary to give the, the school the, the greatest insulation as possible against possible virus transmission. Okay, great. Thank you. That's it for me. Thank you, Councilor Arnold. We have Councilor Scarpelli, then Councilor Beers. Councilor Scarpelli. Uh, thank you, Mr. President. Um, I have a few. I know that the Council has asked some great questions. Um, just to the Superintendent, if I can, Mr. President, um, or, or uh, Mr. Rodriguez. Uh, legally, the money that was left in those accounts, um, it's okay to be used in this form. Um, I know that sometimes when you get money in certain grants or bonds that you have to use for specific reasons. I just want to just reassure that they are being used and they uh, for uh, what's intended and we can still move forward with that. If we have, could have someone from the administration, I'm not sure if uh, Dave or uh, Superintendent Edward Vincent, if you could, uh, let's see, Dave Rodriguez, Chief of Staff. 
Thank you, Mr. President. Yeah, since um, under the so the, the previous bond projects were authorized for a specific use, yep. um, in this case it was two different uses. Um, by reprogramming the use, you're allowed to do that um, in order to just reauthorize. You're essentially reauthorizing the use of the funds. Uh, the funds have already been borrowed; they're they're cash in hand, so we don't have to go out to bond for these these proceeds. And we've actually been paying debt service on them since they were borrowed. Uh, so we've been sending an account that we've been paying debt service on since they were borrowed by reprogramming them to we're allowed to release those funds for that specific use pursuant to the reauthorization um, that's allowed under Chapter 44. Uh, I forget the exact section, but it's quoted within, uh, within the council paper. Thank you. Um, and Mr. President, the superintendent, I know probably one of the oldest schools is that Curtis Tufts School. Uh, are we still planning on having a, um, a uh, a program running in a positive manner that it's always run and how does that look with air quality testing is that one of the schools being looked at uh, as we speak yes yeah, so um, ironically enough because the Curtis Tufts is actually uh, um, the oldest building they have very very large windows that can open and so one of the best um, based on what the engineers' feedback that the engineers have given to us is to allow natural air to come into the spaces. So the Curtis Tufts has, you know, um, very tall ceilings, very large windows in every single classroom. Um, so although we know we'll be waiting for what the reports say, we anticipate very good remarks, uh, scores for the Curtis Tufts based on the fact that they have a, the ability to let in a lot of natural air to support um, air quality at that facility. So we are waiting again for the final reports from the outside schools that are still ongoing. And um, again, if uh, air filters or something like that is needed, we are prepared to um, you know, put those in place at all of the buildings, including the Curtis Tufts. Okay, and while we have you, uh, Madam Superintendent, um, what neighbor communities and other schools are using across the country, uh, have we looked at using the viability of the gymnasium? Uh, we probably have one of the biggest gymnasiums in, in, in the state, and uh, to use those as classrooms. I think that's one of the, the, could be a viable way to move some of those classes that have some, um, some issues that won't, can't be repaired, but is that something that we, we've, uh, we're investigating too? Or? We have not ruled out using alternative spaces within um, the high school complex in particular. Um, the only fear is, you know, we have very, very long winters and it is important for students to be able, while the weather permitting, you know, they can go outside and use the outside fields, but um, that would be something that we would have to look at. But um, as a temporary measure, we would not rule out having to use other spaces, including the, the gymnasium. Okay. And again, I, to the superintendent, uh, through you, Mr. President, um, no one thought you're going to come into Medford, become the new superintendent, handle a pandemic and, and other issues and uh, the concerns that we're seeing today in society. I know the, with the race issues we have, I think that um, I've talked to some teachers, and um, already the, the, the staff in professional development, you've already started a dialogue 
that's talking about race and making sure that um, our teachers are prepared for our questions from our students because um, there are going to be a lot of questions, a lot of concerns, and uh, I'm so happy to see that that, you're, that the team is work moving forward. So I know that um, it brings me to the bigger point. I think that uh, it was easy a few weeks ago to um, uh, people in, in higher power to um, slam this council because they think that um, what was thought was that we were hurting the kids of the city of Medford. Now, uh, as a father of two kids in that system, that's a furthest from my mind. So I wanted to, to applaud this council because this is our job. Uh, whether you like it or not, it's to look at every penny and making sure that we're using it for the right reasons. And, you know, look at the time we spent. It's almost been an hour, and we've been talking about this, just scratching the surface, about what this money can be used for. And these questions, if not used for the reasons to get our children back into school for any reason, who would they hold accountable? That would be us because we would have proved it. So um, I applaud this, this council for taking the extra time to make sure that we dotted our I's and crossed our T's to make sure we can get our, our students and, and faculty into a safe school. We've already heard that uh, delaying it to two weeks didn't have any uh, issues with um, moving that, that point forward. So um, again, I, I know that um, it's easy to, to, to beat people up, but we need to stay positive. And I think that with the steps you're taking and your team is taking, Superintendent, and um, Johnny McLaughlin, we're trying to do to get our kids back into a safe, healthy school, what this council is doing to make sure any funding we do have goes right, right to the proper uh, locations, making sure that Alicia Nunley's working with that COVID fund, making sure that um, we're, we're doing what's right. and. Um, I appreciate it and I thank you. I, I do want to end just with one thing, some of the, that we have you, Madam Superintendent. Um, the biggest question I'm hearing right now is, please, when will the kids know their schedule? I know their schedule start next week. Um, if you can answer that final question, just to give them an idea, I think it'll be very helpful. Thank you. We did send out the tentative uh, schedule of what their instructional day will look like. Okay. Um, we have not sent out at the secondary level, the high school level, over the next few days. Um, the student schedules will be sent out. Um, school Brains is converting over, and with the assignments of teachers and working on the assignments of cohorts, all of that work is taking place right now. So under normal conditions, uh, people would have had their schedules in advance, but due to all of the moving pieces that we are currently kind of uh, working with right now, we were not able to create schedules. Had we sent schedules out, the schedules most likely would have ended up having to change. So it's a situation where we are measuring twice in order to cut once. And so um, I ask the entire community for a little more patience for us to be able to match up the students, with the cohorts, um, with the days of the week, with the staffing that's available, with all of the adjustments that had to be made, we were not able to um, send out the schedule, but that will be completed over the next few days. So uh, again, uh, Madam Superintendent, I thank you, and again, I, I just urge the community 
to, to it's easy to stand on that soapbox and pound your chest, but let's all have a sense of um, a community and understand that this is the first time for a lot of communities. In the community I'm working in right now, this is exactly the issues they're going through, so, um, and it's been a mess. So we're, we're all working together. Let's, we're doing this together for the first time. Let's just stay positive and make sure that we do what's best for our community and our children. Thank you. Thank you, Councilor Scarpelli. Councilor Pierce. Uh, thank you, Mr. President. Um, and thank you, Dr. Vincent. I know you're working with a smaller staff than you were working with last year, I think including the data director, so I know it must be difficult. Um, I spent four years in Medford High School, this side of uh, the year 2000, and I can tell you if it was bad before, it's worse now. Um, so I, I really appreciate the condition that the building is in and the work that needs to happen. Um, I have two quick questions, hopefully. Uh, the first one is, um, has any spending on HVAC repairs or other repairs to, uh, or upgrades to make sure the building, Medford High School is safe? Have those happened already? Has any spending occurred? Um, so John McLaughlin would have to speak specifically to the um, spending that may have occurred uh, outside of uh, the reports not coming in yet. So we, we, again, as we're just getting this information kind of hot off the press, we were waiting for what the reports would reveal so that we could know which way to go. Because a lot of, there's a lot of vendors out there, a lot of people saying do this, do that. But again, where the high school has its unique, its unique structure, we have classrooms without windows. There are a lot of uh, special parts of the high school. Um, you know, the science wing, which is completely renovated. So we have so many different um, parts of the building. I know that we had held off um, waiting for guidance um, so that we would be able to really make smart decisions. But um, John McLaughlin could speak to what may have already been spent. John McLaughlin. Um, yeah, so uh, the money that you appropriated uh, about a year ago, you appropriated, I think it was $325,000. We we're going to look into uh, doing uh, bathrooms, a generator, repairs to um, repairs to the PA system, and uh, a few other projects. So currently the bathroom project, uh, we had to get a, uh, an architect in. So I'm awaiting the architect's plans so that we could go through the procure, uh, procurement process and move forward with that. Um, the generator, uh, I'm actually waiting for a price as well to re repair that generator, or to replace that generator that we had talked about about a year ago. So things are moving slowly. People, people aren't out and about and around as much as they usually are. But we are, we're still working forward. We're also working uh, with CPA grants to put in new soft services and repair all the equipment, outside playground equipment at the Columbus and the Brooks, as well as uh, a study that we're, uh, we'll be conducting hopefully shortly about um, ADA compliance uh, for the soft surface at the McGlynn area or maybe a redesign for the uh, soft surface play area at the McGlynn. So those projects have been, uh, we have been moving forward with them, but as you can imagine, with everything going on, uh, it's not as it's not as easy to get the people, you know, to to come to come into the building and you know the exposure and, and things of that nature. But yeah, we're still moving forward, and um, you know, in 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 if you if if you're gracious enough to 
appropriate this money. We're, we're going to do some uh, some some good things with it, and um, it, 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 it's going to be a win-win for the kids in the community. And yeah, we're gonna we're gonna have to really really work hard to maintain what we have. I mean, we have over a million square feet in the district, and you know there's a lot of moving parts. So we're constantly uh, uh, moving around through the city, uh, fixing things that break and as they break. And um, uh, sometimes we find ourselves running around. Uh, just putting out little fires and not necessarily doing, you know, uh, some of the other maintenance issues go by the wayside. And, and, and unfortunately, sometimes this is what happens, uh, you know, in, in programs that, that, you know, we want to put computers in kids' hands and, 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 and uh, uh, run programs. So sometimes uh, a building as old as Method High School uh, uh, paid the price and we're paying for the sins that have been going on since the 70s uh, now. So it's not it's not anybody in particular's fault. It's not uh, somebody's fault because we you know we're we we're, we're doing the best we can. We're trying as hard as we can. Um, now every roof fan at Method High School isn't bad, but to, to take the time to diagnose the roof fans, it's easier to replace them all and start off with brand new roof fans. So so I I don't want you to think that. You know, uh, uh, it's all bad. It's just that what we're trying to do is make improvements uh, uh, to the whole uh, uh, roof uh, situation and exhaust fans. I hope that answers your question. Thank you, John. Yeah, I appreciate the uh, the answer, and I understand the concern of uh, vendors coming into the building. Um, my only other question, well, also, I like Dr. Vincent saying that there are special parts of the building. I thought that was kind, kind language. Um, my other question is just the timeline. Do you think that these repairs uh, will be completed by the current estimated date where students might be coming back into the building, which I think is mid-October, or, or would they go past that? So again, um, because we don't have all of the reports, we know right now that the high school needs significant work. And over the next week, um, by the end of next week, we should have reports regarding the other schools. So again, if it's really um, small mitigation that's required in the outside buildings, where we, we you know, as it is, we're working around the clock, but we will continue to get it done. We want kids back in school as quickly as possible, but we need to ensure that the buildings are um, safe and meet the appropriate standards. And so we are trying to do it as quickly as possible. We're not taking shortcuts because we do know that this is everyone's safety and health at risk. So we want it to be done um, as quickly as possible, but we need it to be done correctly. So as soon as we have the data from the outside engineering uh, reports, we will, you know, go into high gear action to mitigate, you know, and meet um, whatever it is that they're recommending for us to get our buildings back online as soon as possible. So my hope would definitely be that by October um, we would, you know, be up and running at all, if not the majority of our buildings. Thank you, Dr. Vincent, and I appreciate the due diligence and the documentation sent over today. And look forward to further documentation. I, I would move approval of both papers. Thank you, Councilor Bears. Con Vice President Carviello. Thank you, Mr. President. Uh, uh, to the Chair, to the su uh, Superintendent, uh, um, before we install all these HEPA filters uh, uh, they're, they're in the buildings, um, 
are all the is all the ductwork going to be cleaned and uh, that the current ductwork going to be cleaned and disinfected? So, I mean, based on what the engineering reports will show to us, I believe as everything's being worked on, that everything will be cleaned or made to the appropriate standard, um, you know, possible because filters need to be added and there are a lot of other recommendations. So in, in just the natural course of getting the systems up and running, um, that would need to, to, to happen. Well, I mean, I, I don't want to be putting uh, brand, new, brand new filters on ductwork that hasn't been cleaned and disaffected. So that's, I think that was the question that I asked. So uh, it, it can, can it, is, that, is, that, is that gonna happen before we do this? I don't know that I, I can't speak to the steps in which or the order in which it's going to happen. I do know that we do need filters. Um, I, I don't know how the, the ducts would be um, sanitized per se, but I would believe if they're going to be putting filters onto uh, you know the HVAC systems that they would definitely have to clean it before you put you know even when you get your air conditioning, serviced at home, they clean it and they put in new filters. So I, I can't speak to the exact steps because, you know, I'm, I'm not, you know, an engineer that can address the, you know, appropriate steps, but I would definitely say that, yes, they would have to clean it. You wouldn't want to, you know, once you take out an old filter um, and you put in a new filter, that they would appropriately clean it before they added the next the next filter in. Again, I can't, I, you know, I'm not an HVAC expert, but I, I, you know, could not see them not taking the appropriate steps um, to get our system fully functioning um, based on what the reports are saying to us. Well, I, I, would, I would ask that you make that part of uh, um, the, uh, the, your report to them that uh, these, these vents be uh, cleaned and disinfected uh, before before they come back online. No, no, we can definitely do that. That's that can definitely be part of once we get to the actual, you know, piece to say, make sure all and sanitized and before you add the new filters to it. Thank you, Madam Superintendent. Uh, thank you, Mr. President. I was wondering if we, uh, I asked the question earlier, I'm not sure if I got an answer, uh, if the school administration knows how much, or maybe uh, Mr. Rodriguez, how much money is available for the, in the CARES Act and also the COVID funds uh, for safety purposes within our public schools. Uh, would someone like to, would David Murphy or David Rodriguez or Superintendent Edward Vincent have the answer to that? I think Mr. Rodriguez might be able to speak uh, specifically to that. Dave Rodriguez, Chief of Staff. Sure, it's my understanding that there was an allocation of $225 per student uh, that was allocated directly for school uh, mitigation efforts for, as, as part of COVID relief. Um, there was also the $5.2 million that was allocated for CARES that we've been drawing down. Uh, both in FY20 and FY21. I don't know the exact balance um, of that allocation that's available. I can get that from Alicia and transmit that back uh, to the council as soon as possible. That, that would be helpful. And, and Mr. Mr. President, I have a question for the superintendent of schools uh, regarding 
what is the current school policy on the uh, rental of our buildings? So for buildings that are being rented, they have to go and be approved through the Board of Health first and foremost. So um, at the high school, we do have um, one of the churches using the high school um, Karen Theater, the little theater. And in order for that space to be used, um, it has to be used at a reduced capacity, which is following the governor's guidance. And in addition to that, um, the renters had to submit um, what their COVID-19 protocols would be to the Board of Health. And so they had to put specific things in place. The custodian sanitized and cleaned the spaces before and afterwards. They have one door that's used for an entrance, a separate door that's used for an exit way. So there are um, safety protocols that are put in place so that um, traffic people are not crossing each other and they are maintaining social distancing. They are wearing their masks. So they have to, before um, anything is approved, it has to, that plan has to be approved through the Board of Health. And um, that's what the renters are doing. They are meeting the standards that have been set for them. And we as a district, we are sanitizing and cleaning those spaces appropriately. So, so uh, Madam Superintendent, I, I am astonished. Uh, we're talking about safety and health of our students, our faculty, our teachers, um, staff within our schools, why we would introduce hundreds of people that wouldn't necessarily be in our buildings into our buildings through the rental of our buildings. So it's not hundreds I, if of I people could just, if I could just finish. the Karen Theater has if, a capacity if I could just finish. for maybe 400. And at any given time, it's probably filled at a quarter capacity. So it is not hundreds of people that are in the building. I also want to state that I have Mr. been in the building every single day, along with the custodians, along with the secretaries, along with all the staff that are physically reporting to work at the high school complex every day and the building is being cleaned and sanitized and as a normal citizen i go to stop and shop i go to cvs i pro i i practice proper hygiene in terms of hand washing wearing a mask using hand sanitizer because we cannot allow the virus to stop us from living and from doing our daily living activities. Mr. President, if, if I could, Mr. President, finish my thought. That's so much. That's so much. Then that President. fear is also going to carry over Superintendent students being said. allowed to come into the building. Superintendent. So you need, Mr. we need to be able to. Council Box. Th thank you, Mr. President. And I, I was just trying to finish my thought. And I appreciate the superintendent's response. However, Mr. President, when I say hundreds, I said hundreds, and it's really thousands because it's not the one Saturday or Sunday they're in our building. It's over a course of time. So to sit back and say it's only a couple of hundred, th that may be true for one given weekend, Mr. President, or two, but not over the course of the year. It's thousands of people being introduced into our schools. And why subject students, staff, Mr. President, to the additional people coming into the building and I understand and appreciate this protocols and procedures and they have to get signed off from the Board of Health. And I can appreciate that, Mr. President.
But in my opinion, when you have people from outside that are coming into the buildings, you're not sure what precautions they may be taking. They may sign a paper, Mr. President, but when they're in that building, what type of supervision is there? What type of protocols are being uh, put in place to make sure, Mr. President, that our kids, our staff, our teachers are being safe uh, when they enter the building the next day? Why risk it, Mr. President? They're using our buildings, Mr. President. They're using classrooms. They're using cafeterias. They're using gymnasiums. They're using restrooms. They're using auditoriums. Now, you're telling me, Mr. President, that our staff, who are very capable at the high school, are going to make sure that every inch of the high school or the McGuinn School or any other school is sanitized, every inch of the building. I have a tough time believing that, Mr. President. In the interest of safety that we're talking about and health, I would respectfully ask that the school committee look back at their policy and stop the policy of renting the buildings, Mr. President, until we're able to get this situation underhand. I realize it's a revenue source for the schools. I understand that, Mr. President, that we count on. But safety should come first. I've heard from a number of parents, a number of faculty members that are concerned about going back into the buildings because of the rentals. So I would respectfully ask the superintendent and the school uh, committee, along with the uh, administration, revisit the policy on renting the buildings, Mr. President, until we can get a better handle on our children going back, the issues that we're going to be confronting, not only with the rentals, Mr. President, but just going back to school in general under a COVID uh, new society. Why compound it with the rentals of the building? It makes zero sense to me. And no one's going to tell me otherwise, Mr. President. Thank you. Thank you, Council Marks. Council Pierce. Thank you, Mr. President. Um, I just think the same logic could be applied to having council meetings and other board and committee meetings at City Hall and City Hall staff. Thank you. Thank you, Council Pierce. Um, and if I may, uh, John McLaughlin, if you're still with us. John McLaughlin? I'm trying to mute John. John. Oops, sorry. That, Hold on one second. I got to get my earplugs. No worries. My daughter's over with a bunch of her friends, so they wanted to get the fire going. I apologize. <laughs> no, no, no worries. Um, Just let me know when you're ready and I'll... John, you... I'm on. Okay, thank you. Uh, so a couple of questions. So with regard to the roof fans, uh, as a past graduate of Medford High School, I'm yeah, fa familiar with the complex. Everything like that. Hi, Mr. President, could you say that again? I said, uh, you know, as a, as a 
graduate of Medford High School. I'm very familiar with the complex. Uh, but are all the are we so are we replacing all of the roof all of the roof fans? Yeah, we were um, we were intended on replacing them all. Yes, okay. we weren't um, we we weren't going to get into diagnostics because we figured it would be more of an expense and it would be easier if we just went up there and replaced them all. Mm -hmm. So when you replace the fans, are you cutting into the roof or is it, how does that work? I, and I don't mean to get into No, no, no. You, you unhook the fan that's currently there and replace it with another one. No, you would not be cutting on the roof. Okay, I was just curious as far as, I know like when I was in the school committee and uh, we always had roof issues. So I just didn't want to yeah. solve one problem but create another. So that's what my, that's what my question was going there. Um, nope, it wouldn't, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't do that at all. It's just replacing existing, um, uh, replacing existing motors and hoods that are up there currently. Okay, thank you very much. Uh, are there any other questions from the council? Mr. President, it, I, I, would, I would respectfully ask if the superintendent, I know she was trying to answer my questions and comments, if she can uh, finish with uh, her statement. Yes, uh, Superintendent Edward Vincent, I, uh, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off with Council Marks. I had the floor. Uh, so if you could please continue uh, with uh, or continue with your comments, uh, greatly appreciate it. And so essentially the comments that I was making were in regards to the rentals. And I think Councilor Beers um, made the uh, equally valid point of saying that the chambers and city um, hall are also used for other events. I do feel that we need to get students back into school. We need to use good judgment. When our buildings are rented, we have security on, on hand. We have our custodians who get to work on the weekends and get overtime. So uh, we, we have custodians who are ready, willing, to clean and sanitize and follow the COVID procedures that we have in place. Um, and yes, if we're renting the space, people do need to use um, the facilities from time to time. So the bathrooms will be cleaned and sanitized as well. Um, the school committee did vote that um, we can rent our building spaces and work with some of the partners that we've had for a long time provided um, they meet the standards that the Board of Health has put before them. And so all of those that are using any of our buildings, they've met those standards and that's why they've been able um, to use the space. Those are my final remarks. Thank you. Any other questions from the council? Mr. President, I just want to go on record that I disagree 100% with the rental of our buildings during this particular phase of COVID-19 based on the health and safety of our students, our faculties, our administrators, our teachers, and everyone else within our buildings, Mr. President. Thank you, Councilor Marks. Is the Board of Health Director on the call? Is she still here? I, I don't think so, but I could be wrong. While you're looking, I think it's very important that Council Marx brings up a good point. The difference between having meetings here, this is our job. This is open for the community to get things done, whether it's voting, whether it's councils, city school committee meetings. What Council Marx, I believe, is bringing up is an option. We have options whether to keep those schools closed and making sure that 
we are taking our precautions to the total um, um, uh, responsibility that we have to make sure they're safe and clean. The difference of having people in this, this building, this is where we do the people's work. Not to, not to rent for an a, a outside church group that's not even from Medford, or whether it's from Medford or not, or whether it's um, um, uh, an athletic program or, or a dance or whatnot. These are things that, you know, what I'd like to ask the, the, the health director, and I'll do that via email if she's not on, is I'd like the protocol that she used to allow 400 people to enter our schools, but then limit this body to close the doors for the people that want to come to a podium. So everybody here in this room, everybody in this room, they've been putting themselves out there. They're shopping in supermarkets. They're handing out ballots. They're, 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 um, they're coming to these meetings. So we know that if that's the case, this building should be open. So this is going to be interesting to see what our Board of Health Director is going to answer these questions because I too agree with Council Marx. The job that's done in this room is the business. The job that's going outside in those, in those schools right now, that's for profit. And I don't think that's the equivalent for safety. I just don't. Thank you. Thank you, Council Scott Kelly, Council Morrell. Thank you, Mr. President. Yeah, I don't really think this is the appropriate forum to uh, debate science at this point. I move approval of both papers. Second. I move approval of both papers. And I second. Thank you. I think, uh, Clerk Artemis, did you uh, mention that there was someone wanted to comment on this? Mr. President, um, Sean Beaman from 362 Lawrence Road uh, said he has the following question. Has anyone asked the teachers union whether if this contemplated HVAC work is completed at the high school, will the teachers return to the building? Has the union made that commitment? Certainly. I think what I would say in response is that um, the uh, work that we're undertaking to ensure that our infrastructure is uh, meets or exceeds the, the safety standards being set by public health officials has been a significant part of the dialogue, the ongoing dialogue that we have uh, with all of our collective bargaining partners. Um, I wouldn't want to speak for them and certainly wouldn't want to make any representations as to what they have communicated in the course of those negotiations. Um, but I would say that uh, we felt that undertaking these um, studies and the analysis that is part of what we've been talking about here tonight, the various engineering firms that we, we've retained, um, have, have been an important part of the conversations that we're having with, with our bargaining partners. And I think that the one point that we've made throughout the course of our discussions with the teachers and the other unions is that we recognize that the uh, advocacy for uh, safety um, and, and those who are advocating on, on, on behalf of safety certainly recognize the importance of getting students into school and continuing uh, their education process as, as thoroughly as possible. And those advocating for people for having in-person learning recognize that safety is a basic entitlement that uh, everyone who enters the school uh, should expect. So I think that we're trying to keep that dialogue as constructive as possible and recognizing um, the value from what may seem like conflicting uh, points of view um, is something that's always important to remember. 
Mr. President. Thank you. Councilor Scott Kelly. If I can, I, I, I did have discussions with the um, union president, and I think they're waiting for I think they're waiting for the word on the air quality test as well. So I think everybody's on the same page, but I believe they haven't heard back from the city, the administration, about any of the results, and I think we're still waiting for those. So I think that once that's done, I think we'll have a better understanding what the uh, teachers' union um, wants to do. And I think that you know, so the discussions I've had with different teachers, if they get those assurances, I'm sure they want to get back to school too. So. Um, I've talked to many of them, and they want to get back to the classroom. So thank you. Thank you, Councilor Scarpelli. Councilor Knight. Uh, Mr. President, thank you very much. Um, I don't have much to say about the paper, but I did want to uh, welcome aboard Assistant Superintendent Murphy and uh, thank him for uh, going through his initiation this evening as his first appearance before the Memphis City Council. Um, I do look forward to meeting him in a less formal uh, setting, and I uh, wish him all the best in his new endeavor. Thank you. I appreciate that. I look forward to coming back. And uh, reporting to your honorable body as to how we are being good fiscal stewards of the community's taxpayer dollars. On the motion, Mr. President. Thank you. On the motion of Councilor Morell, Vice President Caviello, second by Councilor Bears, as amended by Councilor Knight. Clerk Hardebees, please call the roll. Council Bears. If I may, one minute, one minute. Uh, Mr. Clerk, Councilor Marks. This vote includes that the school, uh, the school administration will provide us with a list of priorities and recommendations as soon as uh, they get them from uh, the engineering uh, reports, correct? Right? What's, uh, what's the amendment, uh, if I, if, if uh, the amendment, can you please read the amendment? Council Knight's amendment was to use the fund, was to allow the schools to use the funds across the school district, not just at the high school. Okay, that is the only limit. Uh, Vice President Caraviello asked for a list of improvements to be made, but he didn't, he didn't offer in the form of an amendment. Can you make that? President, can you make that in the form of an amendment? I will second it. Okay, I, uh, let's see. So if we can make that in the form of an amendment, please. Is that? No, that would be fine. That, that's similar to the uh, superintendent stating that she would honor that amendment. So yes. I, I would go with that. Okay. Uh, I didn't get that last amendment from Council Marks. Uh, let's see. So, uh, the last amendment was from, I believe, Council, Vice President Caviello. Uh, okay. So Vice President Caviello's request for a list was an amendment. Okay. Okay. Do you have that? I have it, yes. Okay, perfect. So on the motion of Vice President Caviello, seconded by Councilor Beards, as amended by Councilors Knight and Councilors Marks. Clark Hardemies, please call the roll. Was it, was it, was it Council Marks or Vice President Caraviello? Vice President There were co-sponsors of the amendment, and I moved to second them all. <laughs> Vice President Caviello. Thank you. Council Bears. Yes. Vice President Caraviello. Yes. Council Knight. Yes. Council Marks. Yes. Council Morell. Yes. Oh. Council Morell. Yes. Council Scarpelli. Yes. I'm starting here, Council Scarpelli. Yes. Yes. He said yes. Thank you, President Scarpelli. Yes. Seven in the affirmative, zero in the negative. The motion passes. We're in the suspension, Mr. President. Paper 20517, the companion paper to the paper that was just on the table. Move for approval. Second. Uh, that, that would be 20516. Two, oh, we took seven first? We took seven yeah. first. 
Well, let's get him the big money now. Still okay, second. <laughs> I'm going to read it really quick. 20-516 to the Honorable President and members of the Memphis City Council, City Hall, Memphis, Massachusetts, 02155. Dear Mr. President and City Councilors, I respectfully request and recommend that your Honorable Body reprogram surplus proceeds in the amount of 700, uh, $703,489.80 from the Medford High School Science Labs project to the Medford High School School Improvements Project in accordance with Mass General Law Chapter 44, Section 20. Uh, Felicia, uh, Finance Director Alicia Nunley-Benjamin is present to answer, uh, answer any of the Council's questions regarding this matter. On the motion of Council and I Mr. President, I just, can we amend this to also allow these funds to be used for other schools as we did for the last paper? Uh, there's no amendments on this. If someone wants to make amendments, I would second that motion, Mr. President. Why don't we transfer all the amendments from the past paper to this paper too? Second, so to the same. Okay. On the motion of uh, Councilor Knight, seconded by Councilor Beers, to transfer all, all of the amendments from the first paper to the second paper. Clerk Kirby, please call the roll. And second. Councilor Beers. Yes. Let me stop for a second. Are you just are you just moving to transfer the amendments now, or are you are you voting on the paper now? Let's do them just both. transferring the amendments first. Okay. Okay. Yes. Council Bears. Yes. Okay. Vice President Carabiello. Yes. Council Knight. Yes. Council Marks. Yes. Council Morell. Yes. Councilor Scarpelli. Yes. President Falco. Yes, 70 affirmative, zero in the negative. The motion passes. Vice President Carviello. Okay. On the second. motion of Council to approves. Uh, second at five. Second. Council of Bears. Clerk Herdebees, please call the roll. Council Bears. Yes. Vice President Carviello. Yes. Council Knight. Yes. Council Knight. Yes. Council Marks. Yes. Council Morrell. Yes. Councilor Scarpelli? Yes. President Falco? Yes. Seven affirmative, zero in the negative. The motion passes. Mr. President, while we're in the suspension. Vice <laughs> President Carviello. Mr. President, while we're in the suspension, if we could take paper 20540. On the motion of Vice President Carviello to take paper 20540, seconded by Councilor Knight. It's uh, let's see petitions, presentations, and similar papers. Petition for common vigilance license by Mohammed Anwar two two nine two Boston Turnpike Coventry Connecticut zero six two three eight for the Anwar Group Incorporated DBA seven eleven one thirty three Main Street Medford Massachusetts zero two one five five on file business certificate number one twenty eight Building Department Fire Department Police Traffic Impact Health Department Letter of Compliance. State tax ID, workman's compensation, petition, and treasurer. At this point, I recognize the chairperson on licensing, Councilor Scott Kelly. Thank you, Mr. President. Um, is the petitioner available? Uh, do we have um, Mr. Anwar with us? I know the petitioner was notified. I don't know if the petitioner is on the call. I can't tell from the from the listing. Let's see if. We, if uh, Mohammed Anwar, if you are on the Zoom call, could you please raise your hand? Of 
I don't recognize anything, but Okay, on the motion of Council Knight, seconded by Vice President Caviello to table this paper. Clerk Hurtabies, please call the roll. Council Bears. Yes. Vice President Caviello. Yes. Vice President Caviello, I didn't hear you. Yes. Yes. Council Knight. Yes. Council Marks. Yes. Council Morrell. Yes. Council Scarpelli. Yes. President Falco. Yes. Seven the affirmative, zero in the negative. The motion of the paper is tabled. Mr. President, while we're under On the motion of Council Marks to revert to the regular order of business, seconded by Vice President Carviello, Clerk Hurtubis, please call the roll. Council Bears. Yes. Vice President Carviello. Yes. Council Knight. Yes. Council Marks. Yes. Council Morrell. Yes. Council Scarpelli. Yes. President Falco. Yes. Seven the affirmative, zero in the negative. The motion passes. 20-526 under motions, orders, and resolutions offered by Council and I. Be resolved that the Medford Historic Commission furnished the City Council with copies of its annual report filed with the Mayor as required by Section 48-33 of the Code of Method Ordinances compiled for the years 2016 through 2019, Council and I. Uh, Mr. President, thank you very much. I think this is a rather self-explanatory resolution. Um, however, the reason that it's being filed is not so self-explanatory. Um, here in our community now, I, I've never served on the Council at a time where I've gotten more calls about permits being delayed, demolition delays, and the like, Mr. President. Um, and I'd like to take a review of the annual reports as required by the Historical Commission to be filed with the administration to take a look at what's going on. Um, my brief research on this topic has shown me, Mr. President, that since 2009, there have been over 50 plus cases where demolition delay has been implemented in the community, but only four homes have not been demolished during this time. Four buildings, I should say, not even homes, buildings. Four buildings have not been demolished. That's less than 10, that's, that, that, that's you know, the, the success rate is minimal, is minimal at this point in time. Um, so I have a number of questions like, have these four homes been restored or did they just not get demolished? Um, were they restored to a historic state or were they left there to just be the same way that they were before they were deemed to be historically uh, significant or preferentially preserved? Um, do these 50 plus cases include applicants who are delayed and withdrew their appeal before the 18 month or the six month period was up at the time, Mr. President? Um, you know. I'm getting a, a lot of pushback and a, and a lot of phone calls about people who feel as though the demolition delay is being used as a weapon against them for not complying with certain requirements and certain things that are being demanded of them. Um, and it's, it's starting to become very problematic, Mr. President. And the reason I say it's problematic is because when we look at what's going on in this community right now, when we look at our financial situation here in this community, if we don't embrace development in the very near future, I'm going to say we don't have the ability to meet our payroll next year. For the past five years, we've generated at least $1.5 million in new growth in this community. And that $1.5 million is necessary for us to just meet the contractual obligations of our payroll. This fiscal year, we've estimated our new growth to be at a million dollars, not a million five, as it has been for the past five years. This coupled with the fact that we have certain sectors of our economy that we need to bring back, like the restaurant industry and the hotel industry 
because those sectors allow us to raise additional revenues here for the community, Mr. President. So I think we've done a great job in expanding the offerings that we have for outdoor dining in the community. And we need to do that because the meals tax is a benefit that we get when our restaurants do well. And the same goes for our hotels. If hotels are being turned over, we get a tax on that, Mr. President. And right now, with one in five adults out of work, 20% unemployment across the Commonwealth, I think it's important for us to look down the line a little bit at what the financial situation is going to be in this community. And unless we start embracing development, generating permitting fees and new growth, we're not going to be in a strong financial position come this time next year. Um, and a lot of this, I think, surrounds some of the work that's being done relative to demolition delay. And now the next layer of that, which is going to be if you want a permit um, for basic restorations or repairs or modifications to your home, you're also going to have to go before that other layer of bureaucracy and potentially be subject to an 18-month delay in the issuance of your permit. And I think that's a problem, Mr. President. So I raise this issue because we've asked for a committee of the whole on this months and months ago. It hasn't happened. We've asked for reports. We haven't gotten them. We haven't gotten them. So here I am looking at this saying, what can we do in this community to help dig us out of this economic crisis? Well, one of those things we can do is develop wisely. Another thing we can do is generate permitting fees through development that's going to bolster our revenues. When we sat down and we talked about the budget, the biggest thing we talked about was the $2.4 million deficit in forecasted permitting fees out of the building department. And how are we going to climb out of this hole? Well, I can tell you, by making people who want to invest in our community jump through hoops for 18 months, that's not going to do anything to jumpstart our economics. That's not going to do anything to generate more permitting fees. And that's not going to do anything to put us in a better economic and financial situation here in the community. Preserving, uh, preserving historic homes is important. But I think we're going a bit too far at this point now, Mr. President. I think we're going a bit too far. And I think we really need to look at it. Because uh, quite frankly, if you have someone that wants to do a development in this community and they're subject to the demolition delay, the next thing that happens is the Historical Commission presents itself as a design review board that says, well, show us your designs, and if we like them, then we'll let you move forward. But nothing's to say that the, the designs that they show the Historic Commission are going to be approved by the ZBA. So we have a situation where we have someone that's looking to invest money in this community who could be held up for 18 months at Historic and then have to go through the whole process of the ZBA where they may or may not ever, ever get an approval for any design that they're seeking to implement in this community if variances are needed. I just think that it's very unfair, Mr. President, and rule number one in government for me has always been do no harm. Do no harm. Rule number one in government. We're here to help people, not hurt people. And when someone comes into the community and buys a parcel and wants to knock it down, and when they buy the parcel, the home's just a junky home, and when they want to knock it down, it becomes historically significant, and they've invested $750,000, $600,000, their life savings into these parcels. It's a life-changing decision that's being made by a board of the commission that can harm these individuals. And I think it's very important, Mr. President, that we revisit the criteria, the circumstances, and the processes that we have in place when it comes down to the demolition delay or portions thereof. 
Um, we spoke about it several weeks ago, and we called for a need for our committee to hold on this. And uh, I asked that it be scheduled sooner rather than later. And the reason I ask is because people are being hurt. People are being hurt financially in their pocket. When one in five adults in the Commonwealth of Massachusetts are unemployed and people are coming to Medford looking to invest money, I think we should embrace them and work with them, not against them, Mr. President. So with that being said, I ask for these reports to be issued and furnished to the council so that I can review them further and prepare myself for a committee of the whole which is going to be scheduled. I have faith and confidence that it's going to get done, Mr. President. I know we're working under very strange circumstances uh, these days. I feel like I'm at the zoo right now, um, you know, but uh, at that, you know, <laughs> zoo, circus, you know, uh, case could be made for either. Um, but with that being said, Mr. President, I ask my council colleagues to support this resolution uh, to get this information so that um, when we do have this further discussion and this further dialogue, we're all well informed as to what mm -hmm. goes on, what the process is, and what the pros and cons of our ordinance are, is right now and how it affects people. Um, so with that being said, I ask my council colleagues to support the resolution. Thank you, Council Knight. And if I may add really quick, that, that committee the whole will be scheduled soon, um, as will, um, I'm working on the scheduling now for that, for um, rodents and for our uh, zoning uh a big zoning meeting so uh th that, that i can assure you that will Both be equally soon. important issues mr president yep, absolutely so they, they're all on the agenda and they'll all be coming up soon uh so thank you councilor knight and uh let's see we have uh councilor vice president carviello thank you mr president yep um councilor marx i'm sorry councilor knight is uh 100 right um we're gonna, we'll make it through this year uh with what we have but next year is going to be a, a very trying year for us uh, monies that we've normally had in the past aren't going to be coming in. Restaurants, uh, sales, all these, all these little things. And, and you know, building department generates millions of dollars in building permits for the city. Like it or not, and, and you know, uh, development is, 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 is a necessary part of the growth of a community, whether, uh, you know, no matter what kind. And here we are, we're, 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 we're stunting growth in this community. Even, even on these small projects. So uh, again, I, I support Councilor Knight on this, and I'll, I'll second the motion uh, uh, on this. But again, um, we have to look. We have to look for ways to generate money for this community, and we and we can't be chasing people away from this community. So we need to start embracing some things. Thank you, Mr. President. Thank you, Vice President Carviello. Point of information, Councilor Knight. Councilor Knight. Uh, and, and I'm not talking about developers, Mr. President, like Locust Street or like, um, you know, Moderna or Mill Creek. I'm talking about the local builder. I'm talking about someone that wants to come in and, and make an investment in the community, someone that's going to maybe renovate a home, uh, maybe come in and, and do an addition to a house. Maybe someone that's going to come in and knock down a parcel that's a single family home in an apartment two district and create a tax base for us with an apartment there. That, complies with the existing zoning. That's what I'm talking about, Mr. President. I'm not talking about these, you know, big wig uh, developers that are coming in here from Boston that are just going to throw millions and millions of dollars away. I'm talking about builders that have a very small margin. And if they're tied up for eight, nine, or 10 months, and it costs them 80000 to to $100,000, they have a very difficult time surviving. And when you look at these small builders, you also have to understand that they probably employ between 50 and 60 people. 50 and 60 people that are going to be doing a job in this community that are going to have the opportunity to spend their money in our local business districts for lunch, 
in our gas stations to gas up their cars, uh, in our local hardware stores to pick up supplies. Um, so it all goes to the circular flow of our economy, Mr. President. But I think it's very important that, um, that we look at this. And I, I know that we have a number of items on the agenda, and I don't want to go any longer than I already have. So thank you very much. Thank you, Councilor Knight. Councilor Morell. Thank you, Mr. President. Yeah, I wanted just to address one point. I know there are uh, a number of things that were maybe misrepresented in, the, in uh, those talking points that were actually addressed in this large packet we got this this week. But I do just want to point out the fact that to your own cal calculations, to Councilor Knight's own calculations, that over 11 years, 50 homes um, have been uh, addressed with a demo delay. So 50 homes over 11 years, that's about five homes a year. I just want to address the scare tactics being used and that I don't think that's exactly millions of dollars that have been lost because of the demo delay at five homes a year. Thank you. Thank you, Councilor Morell. Point of information, Councilor Knight. Uh, not, not a scare tactic, a fact, all right? There were 50 plus homes that have gone through the demolition delay and only four were saved. That's not a scare tactic. That's the truth. That's the facts that were included in the packet that were given to us by the Medford Historic District Commission. Um, and it came in the packet this evening, even though we've asked for it, I can't tell you how many months ago. And the packet that it came in this evening is unrelated to the council request that, that, that came back in previously. Um, not a scare tactic, Mr. President, just a fact. Thank you, Council Knight. Okay, any other questions or comments from the council? Yeah, I've had my hand oh, up like, since we started, so just FYI. Um, yeah, I mean, a few things here. So one, I don't disagree that bringing in revenue is important. Um, I think it's a little dangerous to be making land use and development decisions primarily on how they affect city revenue, although I do agree it's an important decision. I think more importantly, though, is the larger question of the process. Um, last week, I helped uh, a family uh, work through the, uh, we've had this thing where, where now the building department is correctly uh, going through and, and making sure that the Historical Commission has at least seen permits when they go out and they've built a new online system to do just that. I helped a family last week uh, who was having an issue with the delay um, and quite frankly the delay isn't from the Historical Commission. The issue has been in the building department. Um, the permit was issued and then the building department said hold on a minute we need to check uh, and then five days later, I made a couple calls. The building department sent it over to the Historical Commission, and that day, the Historical Commission brought it back. So these permits are sitting for days in the building department. The Historical Commission, when they get them, is turning them out the same day, if possible, and then most of the time. So, you know, I just think we need to allow or encourage the building department um, to accelerate the work, um, make sure they have the resources they need, as is well taken, the amount of permits that are happening. Um, make sure they have the resources to process them and get them over. I don't think the blockage here is the Historical Commission. Um, and quite frankly, if you've driven down West Street, you can see the travesty that's happened on West Street, where a historical home has been turned into a monstrosity, and there's no new units. It's still a single-family home. It's just giant and takes up the lot now. So, you know, it's due diligence. Uh, I don't think the Historical Commission is the problem here, so if we can accelerate this process in the building department, get everything over, I think we'll be just fine, and maybe we can avoid some of the stuff like what's happening over on West Street. Thank you, Mr. President. Thank you, Councilor. One minute, Councilor Knight. Council Knight. I certainly support the Councilor's position to accelerate the process. Maybe that's why we need to look at whether or not an 18-month delay is appropriate or whether it should be reverted back to six. Thank you, Councilor Knight. Mr. President. Uh, we have Councilor Morell and then we'll 
Katsamarel. Yeah, uh, Mr. President, if I could just draw attention to rule number 17 of the council, just uh, upon debatable matters, a counselor shall speak no more than three times or more than 15 minutes on a single issue. I think that's something that gets railroaded on this council often, and I just want to highlight that. Thank you. She's making a motion for the chair to make a ruling. Thank you, Councilor Council is uh, fears. Thank you, Mr. President. Yeah, I don't think the issue here is the, the length of the demo delay. Um, there's, you know, hundreds if not thousands of permits issued in this city. There's 50 over 10 years that have been subject to demo delay, and four have not been demoed, which, in my opinion, is a net benefit to the city. Um, but, again, I think the issue is making sure the building department has the resources to make sure this process moves well. I think people are doing good work. I, I don't think the assertion that the Historical Commission's functioning as a design review board is, is really reflective of the work they're doing. They're taking a quick look, um, and 99% of the time, everything is moving through the process, and I think, you know, if we can get resources to the building department to make sure that process moves quickly, that's something we should do. Thank you, Mr. President. Thank you, Council Pierce. Uh Let's see, we have Council Knight. Are you all set? I am, Mr. President. Okay. Uh, just a request for information. Thank you, Council Knight. Okay, we have another people that want to speak on this. Uh, let's see, Cheryl, Cheryl R. Let's see, I'm going to try to unmute you. Cheryl, name, Hello. Can, name and address for the record, please. Hi, I'm Cheryl Rodriguez, 281 Park Street. Um, I just want to clarify that the goal of the demo delay is not necessary to stop demolition, so it's not failing. The length uh, was increased to 18 months because we had a particular developer in the city who was refusing to engage with the historic commission because the time was short enough that it was profitable enough for him to just ignore them and wait, wait it out. The 18-month period is rarely, if ever, used to its entirety, but it is an encouragement for the flipper or if it's a normal homeowner, they will definitely come right away to clear this up and move forward with the project. I'm glad that uh, we're seeing some passion for development in the city, and I hope that passion can be redirected to rezoning Mystic Ave. Right now, we have a dozen parcels that are sitting deliberately um, waiting to be further blighted to increase their odds of gaining variances in the future. Perhaps you could focus on having some fees to prevent these types of developers from leaving these parcels intentionally empty to increase their profit margins in the future. This could immediately add money to the city of Medford coffers to be used in the way that Mr. Knight would like to have them. The zeal for flippers is misguided. It's quick, being quickly used to price out residents. These homes that are being purchased are not all in knockdown condition. They are being purchased by flippers because the parcels the homes sit on are large enough for them to squeeze in an additional home on the property. So they're being purchased for spec rather than to be used by end residents. This is not about the home condition. Every flip increases the assessments in those neighborhoods, which are increasing the cost for all of those who live around them. I welcome you to also embrace looking at assessments across the city, because there are some neighborhoods that are being, seeing their assessments jump by leaps and bounds, but despite the fact that our homes are not increasing in value at these rates, but are being increased based on the comps from the flips. There are neighborhoods that are not seeing their assessments jump to this level, and those people seem to think they're paying not enough taxes, and I completely agree with them. So please call for an assessment review in the city so that we can uh, realize that not everyone's house is worth what the flip next door is um, saying it is. Thank you, Cheryl. Uh, point of information, Council on Knight. 
Mr. Well, President, I do believe uh, statutorily underneath uh, the Department of Revenue, uh, we are required to do real valuation um, every, I believe it's eight years, a defined period of eight years. Every eight years we do a, it's or five is it now? I think I might have changed it. So um, we actually do have a team that goes out into the community and does assessments, mm -hmm. um, you know, real, uh, real assessments based upon appraisals um, as required by the Department of Revenue and in compliance thereof. You are correct. Um, ha I'm happy to send you some, a few addresses that you can compare to mine and see that my assessment has jumped by a couple of hundred thousand dollars and their homes are nowhere near that. So the, it's not being done evenly applied across the city, which is why I asked for an audit. Thank you. Thank you, Cheryl. Uh, let me, uh, I just want to remind everybody of a minute and a half when you uh, speak or have your question. Uh, I will now call upon, uh, let's see, uh, Will Navar? I'm sorry. Uh, thank you, President Falco, William Navar, 108 Medford Street, Apartment D. I think it's really uh, the canonical example here. We have a single family home turned into a bigger single family home. Um, the original single family home was unaffordable to ordinary working people, and the new single family home was unaffordable to working people. So I consider that a net not very much at all, other than I guess we get some more revenue. So I think it's important to look at the zoning, make sure maybe when we do that, you see these lots, they seem fairly underdeveloped because you see the land value has gone up insane amounts because the city of Boston is a very desirable place to live and work. And, and the house, it's just unlikely you have a $350,000 lot with a $200,000 building on it. I just don't, don't think that makes a lot of sense, but ideally rather than just build a massive single family home, we could build a duplex, triplex, triple-decker, something like that. And as for uh, Ms. Rodriguez's point about Mystic Avenue, uh, she talked about a fee. I would say, before we talk about a fee for leaving property blighted, let's just stop giving a discount to blighted properties. If you put up a nice building, your taxes go up, you tear it down, your taxes go down. Why do we do it that way? It makes no sense. Tradition is the answer, but it's, 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 not, it's not solving problems here or really anywhere. So I hope we can take a look at that uh, and about the uh, uh, zoning so that way we can, you know, zone so that com families can sort of share the expensive land value by living in a duplex, triplex kind of thing. Uh, thank you. Thank you, Will. Let's see, uh, next up is uh, Kelly Catalo, name and address for the record, please. Kelly Catalla, 46 Otis Street in Medford. Um, Mr. President, I will keep this very short. Um, if you could please schedule the meeting of the whole sooner than later. I think a lot of these problems can be resolved. Um, you know, I'm not saying that there's not any delays in the building department, but I will tell you, um, I personally had to wait seven days for the historical commission to come back to one of my people. These are volunteers. They are very dedicated people in our community. Maybe it needs to be an employee at City Hall that is actually fostering this process to get it done quicker. It is not just about the 18-month delay. It's every single permit through the building department if you are going to change a roof line or more than 25% of the property. So again, I think if we can get everybody to the same meeting, we can come up with some great resolutions that benefit everybody. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, up next, we have uh, Gene Nizzo. Name and address for the record, Gene. 
evening. Thank you. Jean is at 35 Carter Street. Um, I'll try to be brief. I just want to point out that other cities, uh, aside from Medford, do have demo delays. Uh, to Kelly's point, they're just more expeditious and purposeful, and I think it's a growing pain that we're feeling right now. I'd like to echo uh, my fellow residents, Cheryl and Williams, comments about the exacerbated change in values when developers and flippers take a parcel and take a single or a two family and make McMansions where those were, further eroding our housing affordability within the city. And I want to just point out, when we say investing in a community, it's far more than dollars invested in a community. You can be highly invested in a community and not invest a penny. We have many people who advocate in this city and they are investing in ways other than knocking down a house and putting up a new one. These developers are not investing in our community. They are investing in their projects and they are doing it repeatedly. Lather, rinse, repeat. Metcalf, Walnut, Thomas, Forest Street, Park Street, Court Street, Washington Street, Pleasant Street, Winthrop Street, Bower Street, South Street, just off the top of my head, the same thing over and over. Buy it for less than 500, sell one part of it for over seven. That does nothing to create housing affordability and everything to make these people a lot of money. And the gigantic holes in our zoning and loopholes in our zoning perpetuate this. I would urge you, urge you to take on your primary responsibility of zoning review and zoning reform that creates purposeful development, that creates the things that are important to our community Thank and you, does Jean. in fact invest in our community. Thank, Thank you, you so much for your Thank time. You.